Pawnshop.com. It's time now for a pawn further review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. Upon further review, I am your host, Josh Dorman. Welcome in on a Monday night. It has uh, been a beautiful day after some storms. Our our prayers are out with uh, those in Yazoo City, Tupelo, and other parts of the state that were impacted by the storms yesterday. Uh, certainly uh, praying for all those involved and hoping for the safety of everybody that was involved. Uh, it's been, uh, been a great Monday, and hope you've had a great Monday, too. We appreciate you joining us, whether you're you're uh, joining in on 106.3 FM here in the Jackson Metro, 1400 AM, or if you're online with us at WJQSTheFan.com. I uh, want to remind you, caller line brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It is good to be blue. You can call us at 601-366-1180 or text 601-817-0106. You can find me personally on Twitter at JD Coach, or you can catch the show on Twitter, upon underscore sports. Um, we've got some uh, some good stuff coming up today uh, for tonight's show, and uh, it is uh, going on quick as, as we are fortunate to welcome in the general manager of Jackson State University Television, Mr. Rob J. Rob, how are you tonight? I'm good, Josh. I appreciate you having me on, man. Man, listen, I I am in the presence of uh, greatness. You know, when they talk about the GOAT, you know, I hear all this conversation about the GOAT in in all these different sports, you know, whether it's the quarterback or Michael Jordan versus LeBron, which let me ask you this before we even get started. Are you a Michael guy or or a LeBron guy? Well, I'm a Knicks fan, so I don't like either one of them. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, well, I'll tell you right now about LeBron. Uh, hey, listen, oh, old Tibbs. Uh, old, old Tibbs hey, is doing yeah. a good job Ooh. in New York, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And how about Randall? Julius Randall's got to be in the conversation for the MVP. Well, he's doing. You know, they, they say he's what one of the top five for MVP. I don't. I wouldn't go that far, but I, he's doing well. He really is. But. Bill can tell you, I'm not a LeBron James fan at all. No, not LeBron. I got not you. Not at all. I got you. Well, it's always. Listen, I will say this: basketball is better when New York is relevant. Uh, yes. So, so I'm I'm glad to see them uh, back moving in the right direction. Basketball is 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 uh, my preferred sport. So, uh, so I enjoy uh, seeing that. Look, I appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you've got a lot on your plate, and uh, we're certainly thankful that uh, you took take some time to join us here. I want to. I want to start now. Look, you're you're a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, um, and and I want to know what you thought about their draft uh, in 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 the NFL draft this past weekend. How did you think they did? Man, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, you know, they got the big offensive lineman Creed, and uh, they got the uh, linebacker from Florida State. I really, you know, for them not to have a first round pick, you know, they traded that to get um, uh, the offensive lineman from Baltimore. I really liked it. I, I really, really did. The more offensive linemen, the better for Patrick Mahomes. Well, and I'll tell you this. A sneaky pick is Cornell Powell out of Clemson. He's a six foot, 204-pound receiver that does a lot of damage after the catch. And, right. and playing with Mahomes, that, that guy, now look, you know, he was, I think he was a fifth-round pick. It, who knows what he's going to turn out to be. But that could be a sneaky pick. 
that he winds up being a being a a player over there. Oh man, absolutely! I saw the highlights of it. And, and you know, Josh, with me, every time I see you know somebody get drafted, I'm like, oh, I wish the Chiefs had him. Oh, I wish the Chiefs <laughs> had him because it seems like everybody picking really good guys, man. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, look, let's uh, let's talk Jackson State. Uh, you are the general manager of Jackson State Television. You also have a show on the sister station of this station, ESPN 105.9, The Zone, uh, every Tuesday night from 7 to 8. Is that correct? From 6 to 7. Uh, excuse me, 6 to 7. Uh, and so certainly you've got your finger on the pulse of a lot of different things. But, but I want to start with baseball. Jackson State baseball is currently uh, – they're 27 and 8. They've won 3 in a row. They're 21 and 0 in the SWAC. And that goes to a bigger picture that we've painted throughout this show, and that is the talent level that exists in the state of Mississippi with baseball at the current moment. That's at the high school level, that's at the collegiate level. How exciting has it been to uh, to see Jackson State uh, on the run? They are on on the diamond. Well, man, we were talking about this today, this morning, um, because what we what we are trying to do now is put, you know, put some of the Jackson State baseball games on the air. And I talked with Bill about this. Man, these are exciting times. I, I don't ever remember in all the years I've, you know, I, I went to Jackson State, um, covering Jackson. I, I don't remember them being this good in baseball, going twenty and zero in the conference. Now, I don't know how good the SWAC is, but uh, I've seen this uh, Jackson State baseball team go to the tournament with a good record and they lose. I don't see them doing that this year. You know, they, now I will say this, Josh: Jackson State lost a midweek game to Grambling this year, but it was not considered a conference game. Mm-hmm. But being twenty and zero, that is that is impressive. I mean, so that means they're winning series after series after series. You eventually is going to lose a series. So I give Omar Johnson a lot of credit, man. This is impressive. Yeah, no doubt. And look, they early on February twenty fourth midweek game uh, lost to uh, Mississippi State, currently ranked number five in the nation, uh, seven to three, respectable loss. That was played in Starkville. Uh, they've played Ole Miss uh, in Oxford. Uh, so you know, certainly they played Tulane, uh, lost a close one there, ten to seven, I believe. So uh, the non conference has been a has been a challenging schedule for them. And they've competed very well in that non-conference. So you, you, I don't think that you're looking at a situation that even if the SWAC is 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 maybe uh, I don't know if it's down or or at its normal place and in, in, in competitive level in baseball. But but I don't think that would be an indicator of Jackson State. I think Jackson State's a very good baseball team. Oh, I think so too. And and like you said, what what impressed me was that loss to Mississippi State. It, it wasn't a blowout. You know how uh, you know. Mississippi State, no Miss BT swag teams, thirty to nothing, and all of this. I was really impressed with with you know them not getting blown out like that. But you know we'll have to see if they do make it to the NCAA tournament. If they you know and and I, that's what I want to see. But I think the Jackson State baseball team is the most impressive team on the campus. And I, we've seen the ba- the basketball team, the women's basketball team, go to the NCAA tournament get blown out. We've seen the volleyball team go to the NCAA tournament get blown out. The tennis team, they get blown. So this baseball team may, you know, I think they're really, really good, man, no doubt about it. Well, you know, you mentioned women's basketball, and that was going to be one of the things that I asked you about. 
with regards to Tamika Reed and the uh, Lady Tigers winning the SWAC tournament, earning a berth in the NCAA Women's Tournament. Uh, talk about their season and, and, and really, you know, I, I hate to say that it do, what you do once you get to the tournament doesn't matter because it does. Uh, you you certainly want to go represent your program, uh, but but for any program, the opportunity to go to the tournament is a tremendous experience and a great booster for your program overall, uh, from the standpoint of recruiting, uh, also from the standpoint of resources. Uh, so talk about the job that Tamika Reed uh, did there with the Lady Tigers uh, in that women's basketball program. Yeah, I think she's done a really, really good job since she came here from Hines because they've been competitive. And what makes her really, really good is the way she recruits players. She recruits uh, some of the top players in the country. You know, she got Amisha Williams from Mississippi State, although Amisha uh, transferred and came to Jackson State. And um, I think uh, Coach Reed just signed a player from uh, Baylor, transferred from Baylor, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, she gets really, really good players. What I was kind of disappointed in is when they went to the tournament, and they, who they who they played? They they played Baylor, I think. They played Baylor, and I mean those girls are just so much taller than the Jackson State girls. I was like, where where these girls come from? Yeah, <laughs> Jackson didn't even get a shot off. But I, I think she's done a great job, man. She's owned the swag, and um, you know, she's. I'm just surprised that she hadn't been. Uh, taken away by another school, but she's doing a great job. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned owning the SWAC. You know, your first step is to to own your conference, and then and then you build to a, more of a national presence. Uh, and certainly, she seems to be well on her way uh, to doing that. Um, men's basketball, Wayne Brent uh, does a terrific job, and uh, the the men won the regular season SWAC, but uh, but uh, ended up getting beat in the tournament. I want to talk men's basketball and some football and Coach Sanders. Can you stick around for one more segment with us, Rob? I'll do whatever you need me to do, Josh. Uh, fantastic. We'll be back with more Rob J. and some Jackson State University Athletics here on Upon Further Review in just a moment. Welcome back in. Upon further review with Josh Dorman, we are once again joined by Rob J., the general manager, Jackson State University Television, and uh, a, a, a voice and a, uh, a person on the sports scene that, that all of Jackson knows. Rob, once again, thanks for joining us. So we were talking about men's basketball, Wayne Brent, and the job he's done. Uh, they, they won the, the uh, regular season uh, title and then lost in the uh, SWAC tournament. Um, we see an overall theme in Jackson State athletics right now. 
and that is that that you know when it comes to the SWAC, uh, you know these teams are all uh, competing for championships, and it seems like the the energy at Jackson State overall is, has has gone up another another level. Would that be accurate? That, that would be very accurate. Uh, you're exactly right. And with Coach Brent, man, bless his heart. He's he's always you know the saying always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He takes his teams to the brink of the um, NCAA tournament. He just can't get over the hump. This past tournament uh, where they played Texas Southern and lost 84-81 in overtime, man, it, that was that was a heartbreaking game because this guy for Texas Southern comes down, hits the three, ties the game, sends it into overtime. Uh, but and Texas Southern went on to win that game. But what you know, a lot of people. Well, I would have found him. I would have found him. The guy who really blew the game for Jackson State was Tristan Jarrett. He comes down. Uh, Texas Southern was uh, down. This guy hits a three. The same guy Weathers hits a three. Now TSU has a one point lead. All Jackson State has to do is go down and get a two. But this guy trying to match the Texas Southern guy mm. shoots a three, misses, and he blows the game. So that's who I think, and, and Coach Brent said that wasn't the shot that they wanted. But, but you know, this guy now has, what is, what is it, uh, declared for the NBA draft. Yeah. You can pick him if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly you would expect a little bit better shot selection as a senior. Uh, but those moments are big. And, and, and I think that at the end of the day, men's basketball, just like women's basketball, just like baseball, uh, really doing an exceptional job. Want to want to move on and and, and talk uh, a couple things related to football specific. Uh, the first thing is um, Coach Sanders was 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 on Twitter with regards to the lack of a single HBCU uh, football player being selected in the uh, NFL draft this past weekend. And uh, my understanding was he set up a specific. SWAC combine that was set apart from, I guess, what all of the FBS players attend. Is that correct? He he set up the HBCU combine to, to include all of the okay. HBCUs. But um, you know, with, with the I don't know, I don't think anybody from the SWAC was going to get drafted anyway because of the spring and and, and the COVID situation. You had teams. Okay, look, all corn opted out. You had every week somebody was not playing. Right. The game was being postponed. I think there are good players in HBCU football. I just don't think, they, you know, COVID kind of really messed it up for them to get drafted. You know, and I understand what Deion is talking about. I understand, you know, his his heart, what he's trying to do. But I just I just think, man, it, COVID just, it messed everything up. Yeah. You know, you, you can't really look at a guy when you're not playing. Right. Especially. Especially in you know in the SWAC and the MEAC and all these other different conferences, but uh, yeah, but I, you know, like I said, I understand what he what he's where he's coming from. Well, you mentioned one, well, I mean, you know, to your point of potentially as a player, their exposure was decreased uh, in the right timing, moving from the fall to the spring, which could have impacted uh, their abilities to be drafted. Let's go a step further than that and talk about the Jackson State football program as a whole and what the exposure level did for them in the spring with regards to national exposure and national television audience, uh, as I believe they were on national television either three or four times uh, during the spring season. Uh, how, how monumental was that and big 
for not just Jackson State football or athletics, but the university as a whole? Man, it was huge. Every game was on either ESPN, ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPN3. But that was huge. And what he said, what Dion said, he didn't want the games on ESPN3 because he said that's really not – it's the exposure, but he wanted to get it on ESPN without any of the numbers on, on the side of it. And, and besides that, the football games were on Sirius XM. The representative from Sirius XM called me. He said, uh, yeah, I was told to call you because we're wondering if you guys would – we could put your games on Sirius XM. I said, you kidding? Of course. So, man, he brought a lot of publicity to Jackson State, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, you know, where the where COVID had some negative impacts, uh, you know, specifically to student-athletes and, and certainly to attendance and other things, you, you, we may look back and go, man, you know, for Jackson State football and athletics as a whole, by switching to the spring while it was uncomfortable and inconvenient, it may have, 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 have actually wound up being a blessing in some ways because of that national exposure and potentially what it could lead to in recruiting and in, in generating new fans uh, and, and, and really for the SWAC and HBCUs as a whole that participated in the spring, uh, it, it seems that that was a positive thing ultimately uh, for all of those universities uh, in something that, you know, they, they made the best out of what they were given. Oh, no doubt about it, Josh. You know, uh, with, with the spring, and um, it, it, it came at a time when there's really nothing going on in the spring. So with Dion being at Jackson State, that piqued the interest of ESPN, and it also gave these other schools exposure as well. And I think that is why, that is how the Southern University coach ended up getting a better job because of the exposure. You know, they were on twice yeah. during, the, during the spring on ESPN, and both times they blew out their opponent. They blew out Jackson State, and then they blew out, I think, who the other team was, uh, Gramlin. It was Gramlin, uh-huh. I think. But, uh, yeah, man, that really, that really brought a lot of exposure. And I talked to the SWAC commissioner last week about would he consider just moving the SWAC games from the fall and putting them in the spring to get more exposure? He said he has been asked that, but he's going to keep the games in the fall because there's a lot of logistics that they can do that. Right. I was going to ask you that. Uh, as you look forward, we got a couple minutes left here. What do you expect out of the 2021-2022 season uh, in all athletics there on the campus of Jackson State um, as uh, there's, there's a, a lot of momentum uh, for the university right now? Yeah, well, with football, I think they're going to be good enough that they may go to the Rose Bowl. Man, Deion Sanders has recruited a lot of good players. And if those guys stay here and play, they shouldn't lose to anybody in this way. No, yeah. man, that, they shouldn't lose anybody. I think Omar is a great recruiter for baseball, and he keeps bringing in these really, really good teams. He's, he's, he's the most consistent winner at Jackson State University mm. and in the SWAC. So I see good things from him, good things from Tamika Reed, hopefully good things from Coach Brent. But uh, these are good times for athletics at Jackson State. As a matter of fact, they're having an athletic celebration tonight at 7 o'clock. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, on, on the quarterback front, um, either two or three quarterbacks from the Jackson State quarterback room have entered the transfer portal. Uh, what's going on with the quarterback situation uh, obviously, uh, Dion's son is on campus, uh, was a uh, January enrollee, uh, seemingly probably going to be the, uh, the uh, under center or behind center uh, to start the year. What's going on with the quarterback situation over there? Well, what, uh, three guys left? 
three uh, three quarterbacks left: Jalen Jones, Quincy, um, Casey, and another guy left. But I, I think they saw the writing on the wall with Deion's son yeah. being here, and then they signed two more guys um, who came from, um, you know, what a D1 program. So. I think those guys saw the writing on the wall. I hate that Quincy Casey left. I thought he was a really, really good quarterback. Yeah. He came in for um, Jalen, and he really played well. Jalen is a run-first quarterback instead of throw-first. You know, he transferred from Florida. Okay. With, he was recruited by Dan Mullen. But, uh, yeah, I, I think JSU is going to be okay with the, with the quarterback situation. Fantastic. Well, a lot of great stuff going on on the campus of Jackson State University. Uh, obviously, always an honor to have Rob J. on. Uh, with us, and, and we appreciate you joining us. Just want to let everybody know, remind you, you can catch Rob's show on Tuesday nights on the sister station, 105.9 The Zone, uh, here in the Jackson metro area. Uh, also, you can follow him on Twitter, at Rob J. Kappa. That's at Rob J. Kappa, K-A-P-P-A, uh, on Twitter if you want to uh, to uh, follow him. And, and, Rob, we appreciate the time tonight. Uh, I know you're working on graduation, my friend, so taking, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Josh, I really appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thank you, Bill. You're very welcome, Rob. <laughs> All right, Rob. We'll talk soon, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks now. That was Rob J., uh, General Manager, Jackson State University uh, Television. And, and you heard uh, just some amazing things going on on that campus. Certainly, Deion Sanders played a huge role in, in bringing exposure uh, but but sometimes in life, it's about taking what you're given and doing the best you can with it. And while COVID, Bill, gave Jackson State some difficult circumstances to operate with, they're going to come out of this spring with some amazing exposure in, in, in really across the board in their sports. He also gave us a hot take. Jackson State to the Rose Bowl. Jackson State to the Rose Bowl. And, <laughs> and listen, I'm going to tell you something. If ja- Hey, I, I'll say this right now. If Jackson State goes to Ro- Rose Bowl, I am fitting in Rob Jay's suitcase, and I'm going with yeah, him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that would be an amazing, amazing story. Obviously very high on the football program there, uh, but, um, but there are a lot of amazing stories coming out of Jackson State. We mentioned right now going on, none more than their baseball program, standing at 27-8. and eight. Uh, and, and look, just a, a couple follow-ups there. They lost 18-6 to to Louisiana Monroe back in, uh, in, on April 21st, a couple weeks ago. That was played in Monroe. They've got them again on a midweek here in Jackson uh, coming up this Wednesday. Yeah, that's a good baseball team, and Louisiana then they, Monroe. And then they will finish up the, uh, with a weekend series against Mississippi Valley State before the SWAC tournament. Um, which, which is to be determined on the location, but that'll be May 19th through the 23rd. Uh, and certainly you would have to put Jackson State at the uh, head there. You know, Bill, you were mentioning that uh, it's potentially they could end up in a regional hosted by at, at Mississippi Starkville. State. Yeah, in Starkville. Yeah. That, would be a, that would be a cool story. That would be an interesting thing to, uh, to follow. And, look, if, you know, depending on how they seed it, they could end up matching up uh, there in, you in know, the early game. on in the first game. In the first game. Yeah. So uh, Mississippi baseball – is on fire right now. There's no question about it. High school, collegiate, whatever it is, uh, the state of Mississippi is producing some unbelievable baseball. Uh, We will be back with more upon further review uh, right after this.
your dream, our mission. At Hancock Whitney, this is our guiding principle. And frankly, it's not hard to live up to because we care. We care because this community is our community and our clients, our friends and neighbors. They deserve the very best and they get it. From financial expertise to five-star service, tell us about your dreams and we'll make it our mission to help you achieve them. Visit HancockWhitney.com today. Um, app. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman on WJQS The Fan. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am Josh Norman, your host. We were just joined by Rob Jay. Uh, great time talking Jackson State Athletics. Just want to remind you, if you'd like to give a show a call, 601-366-1180. Give us a text, 601-817-0106. Those are brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It is good to be blue. We are in the Garner Dental Group studios. Uh, Garner Dental Group has, um, <laughs> they, I think it's 18, Bill, 18 locations Damn. throughout the state. Uh, they have one. Wherever you are in the state, five in the Jackson metro area, and uh, they, uh, Lake Garner and his team, do a terrific job. So I want to encourage you, you can visit them online, LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com, or you can give them a call, 601-271-8710. You can find one of their five metro Jackson locations, as well as others across the state and region, and uh, they'll give you complimentary whitening. For new hygiene patients. So make sure you uh, get in touch with Garner Dental Group for all of your uh, oral hygiene needs. Also, want to remind you about Jerry Brewer, a local insurance agent. He is my insurance agent, and I proudly endorse him as my insurance agent. He is a uh, trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. You can contact Jerry at 601 952. 3525 or at com. So one of the things that um, that I love about the NFL draft, and uh, just to kind of give you an update, rest of the show, we're wide open until we have the judge and the coach's challenge with the judge where he's going to throw the flag on uh, on something that's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to throw the flag on on the NFL. And so we'll be we'll be excited to hear that as well as a good call and bad call the last two segments of the show. But we're kind of in an open skate the rest of the way. And uh, we're going to talk right now about the Aaron Rodgers situation. So, you know, the draft is a lot of fun, but there's always a lot of heat around it. And um, certainly it was no exception last Thursday when when you pull up the sports stories and Aaron Rodgers is talking about how He's not happy with the Packers organization. Um, it goes back to the year prior when the Packers drafted Jordan Love and apparently did not inform Aaron Rodgers that they were going to do that. Now, you also know about this show, we are big on culture and we are big uh, on uh, leadership. And so I want to bring that issue in line with culture and leadership. Aaron Rodgers is frustrated because he was not communicated with. Communication is at the core 
of good leadership. When, when you think about great leaders, they are great communicators. Now, what's ironic about this is that Aaron Rodgers is upset about the Packers not communicating with him who they were going to draft, which, you know, look, let's give the team a, a, a pass on this just to play devil's advocate and say when you're in the war room and you're considering a litany of players depending on who falls where, it's not something like the number one pick this year where Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one no matter what. Which, by the way, super cool story, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, Bill and I were talking about this just a minute ago, uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Traver, Travis Etienne, uh, Clemson teammates, end up both going to Jacksonville. And may be joined by Tim Tebow, apparently, uh, rejoining Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer just bought a house right down the road from Tebow. So there's a lot of, of smoke over there in Jacksonville uh, of a guy that's building a culture with culture guys, and, uh, and that's important. But when you look at the culture that's happening and the, and the leadership issues that took place in, in, in uh, Green Bay, so they draft Jordan Love. They have their, their, they're in their war room, have their draft board, depending on who's available at what point, what pick, where the value is. There's so many different factors that they uh, put into who they're going to draft, and they make a decision to draft Jordan Love, and they don't call Aaron Rodgers about it, supposedly. So Aaron Rodgers is obviously frustrated with that. He discusses his frustration after that happens, kind of gets over it. It's funny how 25 or $30 million will, will, will help you get over those kinds of things. Um, and he plays and, and has a terrific year. Uh, once again, goes to the NFC Championship. Probably is looking at a team that can compete for a Super Bowl again this year. And draft day comes. So go back to when they drafted a quarterback. And it's almost like he said, you know what? You stood me up last year in the draft. So I'm going to kind of stand you up this year in the draft. Now, we go back to his original frustration, and what was his original frustration? It was communication or the lack thereof. One of my biggest beefs with, with professional sports in general, and I understand why it takes place, but, but we communicate like children in professional sports. We utilize media, social media, to manipulate a conversation that is trying to uh, dictate a certain outcome. And, and, and that's what kids do. I mean, I've got an 11-year-old and 8-year-old at home, and we talk about this all the time. We don't want to try to manipulate a conversation to our outcome. We want to be great communicators. And in this situation, while Aaron Rodgers is uh, after the Packers for their lack of communication, it, it's – kind of ironic that Aaron Rodgers himself has not been a good communicator through this process. This seems like something that should have been very easily worked out. This should not have been something that on draft day, he all of a sudden says, you know, I, I don't think that I, I can be there. Uh, now, certainly since then, the Packers have come out and said, we Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback, as they should. Now, here's going to be an interesting thing to pay attention to, and this will let you know if there's smoke or if there's actual fire behind this. Aaron Rodgers, if he were to retire, would owe Green Bay in excess of $11 million of his signing bonus. Is he going to walk away from, from that $11 million that he's already received that he would have to pay back over this issue 
Or was he just trying to force Green Bay into a mea culpa, I'm sorry, uh, kind of PR campaign just, just to manipulate it a little bit, which once again is poor communication. I want to read something to you uh, from a book, I, and I'm a book guy and, and, and uh, really about leadership. This is from The Power of a Positive Team. In this book, this is by John Gordon, in this book, he references multiple programs that uh, have positive cultures, um, very, very uh, uh, service-minded cultures, very positive cultures. And in the book, John Gordon says, team culture is the written and unwritten rules that say how a team communicates, connects, thinks, works, and acts. Culture isn't just one thing, it's everything. Culture drives expectations and beliefs. Expectations and beliefs drive behaviors. Behaviors drive habits, and habits create the future. Now, when you look at how a team communicates, connects, thinks, works, and acts, you see it so often that teams and adults on these teams have an inability to clearly and effectively communicate. And because of that, it drags down a culture that otherwise could live up to the talent level of the team and ultimately uh, help that team be extremely successful. And I believe that when you look at the Green Bay Packers, the best thing that they can do right now with the Aaron Rodgers situation is get, uh, which apparently they've met, but get together and say, we're no longer going to deal with this in the media. We're no longer going to have this conversation in public. We're no longer going to have this conversation uh, on social media. We're going to get together face-to-face as adults, and we're going to communicate because our culture requires that. No, our culture demands that because that's the way that we can be successful. Uh, I believe that, that, that that's how every organization There are more issues that come up in organizations and in life. This is not just about sports, but this is in life over poor communication. Poor communication happens, A, if you're just not willing to communicate, where, you know what, Uh, I'm just not going to speak about it. Um, Maybe that happened in the the, uh, Green Bay situation. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe Green Bay didn't call him, and, and certainly, I would say that yes, he he was uh, uh, was was due a call just to say hey, nothing to see here. We're just letting you know he this is where he is on our board. Uh, you're our guy. That would have solved this issue from the very beginning. So poor communication led to a mountain uh, turning in or a molehill turning into a mountain. So leadership, culture, all of those things are so important. Team culture the written and unwritten rules that say how a team communicates, connects, thinks, works, and acts. That's from The Power of a Positive Team, John Gordon. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
Welcome back to Upon Further Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web at WJQSTheFan.com. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Dorman. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios, and uh, we are glad you're joining us uh, wherever you are. On the road, still at the office, at home, eating some supper, uh, whatever it is you're doing, we hope that... uh, that you get some uh, some some downtime and enjoy the show and appreciate you uh, taking some time to join us. Want to give a shout out here. This is our high school hour and we kind of changed things up a little bit tonight as we uh, had Rob J on to talk Jackson State athletics. A lot going on. Uh, certainly um, wanted to to make sure that we had the opportunity to speak with him and uh, appreciated him joining us earlier in the show. And as we close out the first hour, we're going to uh, go back to high school athletics and and something that is uh, just so much fun for me and as an athletic director was always one of my favorite things. Now, required a significant amount of work, but unfortunately it's a spring sport that in the state of Mississippi doesn't necessarily get its due. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of coaches, and that is track and field. Uh, when you look up and you see – the individual performances, team performances, group performances that take place in a track meet. Uh, it is there is something just about young people that are out there on an island, and uh, it takes guts, it takes um, internal fortitude, and some unbelievable athleticism. I've always said that if you want a great overall athletic department you have to have a terrific track and field program that is really a defining program in your overall athleticism so i want to take a minute to talk about madison ridgeland academy and something they were able to do this past weekend and that is when the boys and girls mais 5a overall track championships and and i want you to know um that 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 is uh very difficult to 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 do with both programs and uh, i apologize i don't know who runs the women's program over there but john weaver i believe still does boys track over there and does an amazing job as he does with the wide receivers for the air raid football program over there uh but but you know what that takes is that takes a commitment to a uh, you know getting kids out because when you're able to get two participants in multiple events with the scoring system of track and field, it gives you that much better of an opportunity uh, to be successful uh, from a team perspective. And certainly they did that, um, and I've seen. Uh, other schools have that uh, opportunity to go both boys and girls, but but certainly it's a feat that uh, des- deserves recognition. So uh, to the track and field folks, John Weaver and the rest of the crew that runs track and field at Madison Ridgeland Academy, uh, we say a congratulations uh, to you guys for winning both boys and girls track and field. Uh, the field events were hosted at Jackson Academy, uh, and the – uh, the running events were hosted at Jackson Prep. So uh, certainly a congratulations there 
uh, very big accomplishment. Another congratulations goes out to uh, a gentleman that graduated high school from the state of Mississippi from Presbyterian Christian School and uh, now is playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And that is Davis Riley. And uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, after his uh, fifth-place finish in the Corn Ferry Tour this past uh, weekend uh, at the Huntsville Championships, that gave Davis Riley uh, the points needed over 1,700 uh, for the two seasons combined because of COVID. They had to join the two seasons. That gave Davis uh, a guaranteed uh, top 25 finish in the point standings, which means he has secured his PGA Tour card for next year. And uh, that is a phenomenal feat when you think about uh, what it takes to make it to the PGA Tour. I don't know if it's a couple hundred, what they ultimately uh, end up doing, but at the end of the day, to to make it to that place and to guarantee yourself now that opportunity as two wins, he's currently third uh, on on that tour, and he's only about 118 uh, points behind that first place, and I believe he's one win from an immediate uh, promotion. Now you think about that, and that's awesome story. But then you you also have Allie Ewing, who is from Fulton, Mississippi, that just recently won her first PGA LPGA Tour event. Uh, that is a a Mississippi product. Well, then what's really interesting is I believe Fulton, Mississippi, is a total population of four thousand people, or somewhere thereabout, and the number nine points standing and in line to get his tour card is Chad Ramey, also of Fulton, Mississippi, who played golf at Mississippi State University. And and you're you're now building this this um bridge to understanding the talent level that exists, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, in high school golf in the state of Mississippi. It is unbelievable. In 20, 2019, the population was 4,019. There you go. 4,016. And so they have produced land. two professional golfers. I believe Chad's dad or grandfather was a superintendent of the country club down there. And now you go down, and at 103rd on the points list is Jonathan Randolph, who played high school golf at Jackson Prep. He is on the Corn Ferry Tour. He actually has spent a year on the PGA Tour. Uh, and is now fighting his way to get back there. He had a top 50, I think he was 54th in this last event uh, at the Huntsville Championship, and he's trying to fight his way on. You have guys like Wilson Furr, who went to Jackson Academy and uh, and is now, uh, I believe, at Alabama, who has a has a terrific career ahead of him. Uh, you have the young man, uh, Trolio is his last name, out of um, um, Oak Hill Academy up and his home course his father is Jonathan's teaching pro among others I believe Allie Ewings as well and and maybe even uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, I believe he's also Chad's swing coach Um, and so you have a significant amount of talent being produced out of the state of Mississippi now we're talking golf and we're going to finish the hour 
with an announcement that I'm excited about for this show, and that is that starting next week, our first uh, time to have uh, Tee to Green with Randy Watkins, 6 to 7 next Monday night, the 10th of May, and then we will have him the 6 to 7 o'clock hour the first Monday of every month following. So we'll have him on the 10th, and then we'll have him the first Monday of June, first Monday of July. We will talk U.S. Open. We will talk Open Championship. We will talk Mississippi golfers. Uh, Randy Watkins uh, himself participated on the PGA Tour in the 80s. Uh, Obviously, you know his name now with the Randy Watkins Golf Group. He ran the PGA event here locally for six years. Uh, There is no better resume in golf in this state. And we are excited about the fact that he will be joining us for an hour each month, uh, the first Monday of each month, uh, except for this month. The first he, he will be on with us next Monday night for the first time, and it's going to be all call in, text. Uh, you'll be able to let us know your questions about your swing, putting questions, course management questions. Uh, we're going to add some Facebook Live, Instagram. Uh, and, uh, and other things where we have videos uh, of him uh, working through things that you ask questions about. We will also talk about the, the uh, state of golf. We will talk about tournaments. We will talk about majors. We will talk about golf courses. Uh, and that will be an hour full of golf. And that is going to be a lot of fun. So, Tita Green, you remember that show. Uh, Randy has done that on a couple different uh, platforms in the past. And we are excited to have Randy Watkins as a part of our show. Uh, and he will be with us next Monday night from 6 to 7. We will send out via uh, text, Twitter, uh, any way we can get in touch with you uh, so that you can go ahead and start getting your questions in. And uh, Randy will break down uh, golf swings on the air. And uh, he will break down course management. He will break down putting, equipment, uh, all of the things involved in golf. This is a massive golf community here in, in the state. He and I were having lunch last week, and, and I talked to him about, you know, some other areas where, where courses are closing. And then you look around the state of Mississippi, and you have some unbelievable golf courses in this state uh, and some unbelievable players coming from this state, uh, unbelievable teachers in this state, including Randy Watkins, uh, his group uh, includes Lake Caroline, Patrick Farms, and Whisper Lake, uh, two of those in Madison, and then uh, obviously Patrick Farms is in Rankin County. So we're excited about that. We're excited to have Randy with us uh, and uh, what that's going to mean. We have a great golf community, and it's something I believe that's going to serve our listeners uh, very well. So coming up on the 10th, 6 to 7 p.m., we'll be getting more information uh, on our Twitter, upon underscore sports. So make sure you follow us there. And uh, we'll have more information coming out about Randy and uh, his participation with us. Tita Green with Randy Watkins starting next Monday, the 10th of May, 6 to 7 p.m. Coming up, that's going to conclude the first hour. It's flown by. We appreciate Rob J. joining us. And uh, next hour, we're going to talk some more NFL draft. uh, And then we'll have the judge in with us uh, on the coach's challenge. He's going to throw the flag on non-guaranteed contracts in the NFL, as well as give us his good call and bad calls of the week. Stay with us. Hour two coming up next.
Mississippi Delta has tons of history and tradition. And if you need to make a stop in the Delta, you want a great place to stay. That's why you need the best hotels in the Mississippi Delta, the Sugar Ray Collection. Serving the Mid-South with Hampton Inn, with locations in Greenwood, Greenville, Indianola, Yazoo City, and Clarksdale. The Sugar Ray Collection also includes Holiday Inn Express locations in Greenwood, Greenville, and Grenada. For reservations or to get a special Sugar Ray discount, contact Sugar Ray at deltamotels at yahoo.com. That's deltamotels at yahoo.com. And don't forget what Sugar Ray says. The Delta is God's country. Oh, and Jerry.com. It's time now for a pond further review with your host, Josh Norman, here on WJQS The Fan. Upon further review, I am Josh Norman, your host. We are in the Garner Dental Group Studios. They are a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices conveniently located across Mississippi. Check them out online, lakegarnerdentalgroup.com, or give them a call, 601-271-8710. You can find one of their five metro locations, as well as others across the state and region. So one of the cool things that I like about the draft, NFL draft, NBA draft, whatever draft, I like to see picks that surprise everybody. Because the rate of failure, uh, generally speaking, in any draft of the first round, just first round is fairly high. What I like to see, though, are the Tom Brady's coming out of the sixth round. You know, that just show that, look, we do combines and everybody judges talent. and But, but, but it ultimately, what you can't judge is what somebody has internally what their work ethic is, what their drive to be great is. And so I love to see some of these picks that come from down the way, you know, maybe late first rounders, second, third rounders. And and I find it interesting as I read about uh, what some other people think and, and, and where they slate them, uh, that a Mississippi uh, player is, is actually getting some uh, – some some coverage in that regard as as a sleeper to be one of the uh I guess you would say biggest steals of the 2021 draft and that is wide receiver Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss went to the Jets uh as well as obviously Zach Wilson was their number two pick and uh and so Elijah Moore was actually slated we talked with Doug Colson last week leading up to the draft and he had talked about how Elijah Moore was actually climbing the ladder and it looked like it was going to be slated somewhere in the late first round. Obviously wound up going early second round, which, look, the difference between the 30th pick and the 34th pick, I mean, you're, you know, you're just the first round extended, your early second round. And uh, so that's going to be an interesting pick to, to pay attention to uh, as, as, as that is a young man that comes out of Ole Miss. And uh, some some things um, you know to look for. He's 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 you know obviously Elijah Moore has a lot of speed. Uh, he can he can he can be a downfield threat. Uh, as Zach Wilson will be will be thrown in there. Um, but but ultimately what it what it seems like and and you've seen kind of a trend in the NFL and it seems like he's going to fit perfectly in that slot receiver run underneath routes. He's he's physical enough to get across the middle. 
Um, he's he's not a very big receiver. We talked with um, uh, Rob Jay about one of Kansas City's picks, uh, late picks that I think could be a sleeper, uh, Cornell Williams earlier in the uh, in the show. He's a six foot, two hundred and four pound receiver, whereas Elijah Moore is five ten, one hundred seventy eight pounds. He is uh, certainly a speedster. And uh, I think will be a guy that gets a lot of yards after the catch that's going to be able to stretch the field for Zach Wilson is going to be a very instrumental target uh, for Zach Wilson. So a Mississippi guy uh, is a sleep. You know, he's not a sleeper, but he's going to end up being a steal of that draft being taken at 34. He was a a uh, a end of first round, middle to end of first round uh, talent um, and ended up going in the second round at the 34th pick. Another, another guy to, to keep an eye on, and uh, certainly his size probably uh, played a role in his dropping, but in the fourth round, North Carolina running back Michael Carter was taken by the Jets as well. So the Jets really did a, did a, a job in, in, in building an offense. They're going to be young, but, uh, but this young man's 5'8", 201 pound back. He's got speed. Listen, in college, he averaged 7.9 yards a carry uh, last season for North Carolina. Uh, but one of the things to pay attention to as well, just like Elijah Moore, is he's going to help significantly in the pass game. So, you know, a couple of potential steals of the draft that um, that uh, um, we see. Also, one that Rob Jay would be excited about is, is, is the Chiefs uh, got Trey Smith, a guard out of Tennessee, in the sixth round. And um, so he was uh, coming off some, some uh, health issues, uh, but at 6'6", 321 pounds, um, he is healthy and uh, he is ready uh, to go and certainly was a, a uh, probably more like a third or fourth round pick uh, if it were not for the health issues. So uh, that's a guy that the Chiefs got, and you heard Rob Jay talk about the, the need for help on that offensive line, and certainly he could end up being a steal uh, in the draft as well. So some draft steals for the 2021 draft. Uh, we, again, appreciated Doug Colson coming on and breaking down some of the draft with us. Uh, some really cool stories that came out. I thought that the Chicago Bears moving up to 11 uh, was, a, uh, was a big move to get a quarterback, and uh, they certainly went all in with Justin Fields on that move. Uh, I'm not so sure that – the uh, number three pick for uh, San Francisco may not have been a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see uh, how um, how Lance ends up uh, making his way there in in uh, San Francisco in the Bay Area. Uh, but uh, certainly they loved it, loved him, and and so we'll see how that pans out. Uh, he has a lot of the intangibles that that people are looking for, and when you when you read, think about our conversation last week. Uh, with Ryan Buchanan with regards to the development of high school quarterbacks and then think about all of the things that people liked about these quarterbacks, specifically the, the first five taken. Uh, you had uh, number one, uh, you had Trevor Lawrence. Number two, you had uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Number three, you had Lance out of, um, uh, out of was he North Dakota State? Uh, South Dakota State, one of those two. Then you went number 11 with Justin Fields, Ohio State. And then you went, um, after that, you went number 15. And Mac Brown went to the Patriots. And that may be the one that ultimately uh, 
uh, winds up working out the best. Uh, on that note, you know, we talked about Justin Fields. So apparently in college sports now, if you can't beat them, you join them. And Ohio State receiver Jamison Williams has announced that he will transfer to none other than Alabama, <laughs> who, uh, who defeated the Buckeyes in the national title game uh, this past January. You know, we think about the context of sports in today's society and and uh, you know you 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 ask yourself uh, you know I don't know 25 years ago would that have happened you know teams that competed for a national championship and and you have a player leave the losing team to go join the winning team so I guess we're now at a place in college athletics that hey if you can't beat them let's go join them and so certainly Jamison Williams decided to to do that and uh, and leave Ohio State and he will be transferring to Alabama. So in college football, Alabama continues to get richer. The rich get richer, and uh, that's that's not a surprise there in a little bit of recruiting news. So we talked about uh, the some steals, and let's talk about maybe who in the first round ends up being uh, the, the biggest uh, flop. I believe that the biggest stretch was by the Raiders, and uh, they took the a, a very surprising pick, uh, to say the least. And you know, look, there's some that uh, you know, there are some in the in the NFL that have questioned John Gruden. There, well, there's a lot of people that are wondering, you know, what John Gruden's doing. Can he can he get it done over there? If you remember his tenure at Tampa Bay, look, you know, he was he was he had one year that he was good. Uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the majority of the years he was there, he, he was okay. So with number 17, uh, he took Alabama right tackle, right, excuse me, right tackle Alex Leatherwood. And, um, you know, the Raiders felt like that he was the best, uh, the best offensive, uh, the best offensive tackle available. And, uh, certainly, you know, they have their staffs that look at that, but, that could be a pick that comes back to say, well, maybe that was a stretch. Maybe they could have gotten him a little bit later in the first round, maybe even the second round, and uh, would not have to stretch on that pick. So a little NFL draft there uh, as we look at some steals of the draft, maybe a guy or two that, that went a little, uh, uh, a little too quickly in the first round. That's going to do it for this segment. And want to remind you about Jerry Brewer. He is a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gulf States Insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. we got more upon further review coming up right after this. Welcome back in Garner Dental Group Studios. This is Upon Further Review. I am Josh Dorman, your host, and uh, we've we've had a great time up to this point. 
and we will continue it. Just a reminder, in the next segment, we will welcome in the judge for the coach's challenge, and uh, we will follow that up with the good call, bad call of the week. And uh, certainly a week it's been. Uh, I was just uh, looking here as we, we look at the NFL draft um, and saw a, uh, a tweet from Spotrack. And uh, they were talking about the contracts for the top NFL selections. $36.8 million, Trevor Lawrence. $35.1 million, Zach Wilson. $34.1 million, Trey Lance. $32.9 million, Kyle Pitts. And $30.8 million, Jamar Chase. So each of those gentlemen uh, just found themselves, Bill, in uh, a, another tax category, one that um, that I certainly have not found. Have you? No. Okay. Probably never will. Well, <laughs> here's here's another thing. For playing a game, Bill and Melinda Gates yeah. are are now getting uh, big D. calling it quits. Yeah. Wonder how much and she's going to get. That is going to be a the division of a hundred and thirty billion. Dollar fortune. Well, Bezos just had to give his wife a whole lot of money too. His ex-wife. Yes, so. yes, and 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 you know you know who probably is is like, look, attorneys right now are making out like bandits. Look, they're they they're, they're right now they are uh, yeah they're bandits. they're loving life because <laughs> they're all lining up to represent them, and uh, you know the, how do we how do we get this hundred and thirty billion dollar fortune divvied up in, as our twenty seven year marriage. Uh, has come to an end. We certainly don't want to make light of uh, their marriage coming to an end. However, uh, as I was looking at those uh, financial figures for these young men that are about to start their NFL careers, and uh, and it reminded me about, you know, hey, we're talking about a significant amount of money for these young men, but you've got Bill and Melinda Gates about to try to figure out how to split up $130 billion dollars with a b uh and so certainly everything is is in perspective is that right i have some ideas yeah well you know (laughs) i I, I look i don't know about about everyone else out there but i'll be honest with you i i you know look i could be a billionaire i i could make that work i i could have a private jet uh golf stream you know would be my my ideal one um with with multiple homes and uh, give a lot away. Uh, I mean, I, I think I could make that life work. Oh yeah, I can make it work. Yeah, there's a, I'd, I'd probably do it in my dreams. But <laughs> well, well, my thing is, I don't even need 130 billion. No, I don't need that. Like, much. I mean, if I just, I think I could make 100 million work. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I could do that. So look, I mean, you know, if 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 you're out there and and you're rolling like that, hey, congratulations. Uh, good on you. I ain't and, hating and, on you. No, not at all. Not at all. We we're we're glad for you, and, and, and maybe one day we'll join you uh, in that club. But definitely some, some interesting numbers coming out of there, both in the contractual situations uh, of those uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, that's, that's going to lead in well into what uh, the judge is going to challenge next as he throws his flag. Did, uh, Trevor, um, did Trevor just get married? Trevor Lawrence got married. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then – She's happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's very happy. Uh, you know that, that what, what was his 30, 30 something million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, she's she's definitely uh, excited about uh, the the influx of cash. Now, uh, I would probably say that he'll make more money off the field uh, 
Oh yeah. Uh, you know, with with uh, hair products, hair commercials, and, yeah, I was gonna uh, say. and different things yeah. that uh, that he can he can endorse than than he will on the field, which is you know what happens to a lot of the most popular athletes. You know, we look at their salaries from the standpoint of of um, uh, of what they make to play their sport, and actually they they earn more money. Uh, in fact, I was reading about I can't remember who it is, uh, but there's a an athlete who has lived off of only his endorsement money uh, and has saved everything that he's made playing sports. Uh, I believe it was an NFL player, if I'm not I mistaken. I think it is. I can't remember which one it is. Now. But uh, that's a pretty cool story. You know, hey, that's a, that's a cool financial. It wasn't the guy from Houston, was it? Uh, the big lineman? Defensive uh, lineman? No, I no, don't think so. Um, um, but, but really, a cool story when you think about, you hear all the stories that, you know, all these guys, you know, Antoine Walker, whomever it is, they go broke uh, after earning millions and millions of dollars. And, and then you, you hear about other stories where, uh, you know, where these, these athletes are, are very prudent and wise with their money, uh, have the right people surrounding them. You know, many times when you get that kind of money, that's what it boils down to. Well, supposedly he just took his all the bonuses he got and just put them in the bank yep. and has never touched them. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Generally speaking, you you try to live up to this lifestyle when you get into this kind of money that is, you know, is is not possible to continue. And then it gets to be too much and you go bigger and then you support family and friends and uh, everyone else. And eventually it runs out. And here's the thing. You don't play forever. And and when you stop playing, if you're a professional athlete, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, your uh, commitment to uh, to to fitness has to stay there. Uh, your you know certainly medical. You you could have suffered some injuries, uh, things like that. That um, you know at the end of the day cost you you more money than maybe the average person. Speaking of injuries, and we mentioned LeBron James earlier, and I, I really haven't taken LeBron James to task. I will tell you for transparency's sake, uh, I I believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, I don't believe that that's debatable uh, for a multitude of reasons. Primarily, the one, you know, primarily, uh, in my opinion, uh, from both sides of the ball, he was as dominant as we've seen. Now, when we look at LeBron James, uh, he came out this week and he sprained an ankle. Now, look, I, I am, I am not judging a sprained ankle. And we talked about this last week with the judge in, in some of these injury issues that, that these athletes are now dealing with. And LeBron James came out, Bill, and said that after this ankle injury, he would never be back to 100%. Now, look, he didn't <laughs> tear a hamstring or a calf or an Achilles or an ACL. He sprained his ankle. He sprained an ankle. And granted, sometimes you would rather break your ankle than a severe sprain uh, because of the lig ligament damage. But this is a guy that also has the absolute best available medical at his disposal. And, and, and so I'm interested to know if LeBron James is starting to, maybe he's starting to see all of the ratings uh, the you know he is very active politically. Um, all of these things, his social media presence, 
is that all starting to kind of come down on him a little bit? And we're starting to see that manifest in some excuses that ultimately I can't imagine. This is this is why when you look at look, all right, I'm going to get on my soapbox. The 1990s in in, in the NBA until really the really early 2000s were the from the 80s to the early 2000s. You had about a a 20 year run there that was the mecca of basketball. Then it just all started declining. And in my opinion, a lot of that had to do with LeBron James was the leader of of the NBA. I, I mean, I just I think that the NBA kind of took on his persona, uh, and and we started to see a, a much different gameplay. It's still a fun game. Uh, I love the 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 you know the advancement of the three point shot, the skill level that that takes a guy like Steph Curry and what he's capable of doing. But at the same time, I can't imagine back in the mid '90s a player of LeBron James's caliber coming out and go, you know, because of my sprained ankle, I'm probably never going to be 100% again. I, I just can't wrap my head around how that's a logical conversation that that you that you can have as the as the greatest player in your game currently, or at least of your generation. According to you. Yeah. According to, to him, rather. Yes. I mean, <laughs> now I, I would say that that, you know, really since Kobe Bryant, he's uh, you know, he's the top player in the league and he's taken that mantle. Um, you know, if you're asking me, I've taken Kobe Bryant before LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Michael Jordan before both of them. But 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 Kobe and LeBron, I mean, excuse me, Kobe and Michael mirrored one another just in their uh, their approach and, and their mentality. Whereas, you know, LeBron is a little bit softer, and now I'm not 100% because of a, uh, because a, sprained, of a, a ankle. sprained ankle. Look, we if any of you have played athletics, you've sprained an ankle, and you know that it, it hurts, but – you you eventually get back to 100%, and you weren't spending a million dollars a year on your fitness, and you didn't have the disposal of the Los Angeles Lakers training staff, uh, physical therapists. His own personal you know, trainers. All of that. He's got personal trainers uh, that take care of all that. You stuff. know, so look, I, you know what, LeBron, listen, man. You know. Crying uh, these crocodile yeah, tears Yeah, cry me you. a river, my friend. Uh, you know, you, you have everything, every advantage. You're going to get back to 100%. And you're look. I'm going to call it on you. I'm throwing the flag on LeBron because he can't <laughs> deflect from the fact that they're losing, that things are not going the way they hope to do, and now he's wanting to blame his ankle. He's wanting to blame the health of the team. He's wanting to blame the NBA and the play-in games and whatever it else it is. He didn't realize he so, had a whole lot to do with the bad television ratings right now. Too. Upon further review, <laughs> LeBron James, the problem may be you. I am a poet, but I did know it. And we're going to be back with the coach's challenge with the judge. He's throwing the flag on the NFL. You won't want to miss it. Come back. More upon further review right after this.
Dental Group is a collection of 20 dental offices located across the state of Mississippi. Our staff is professionally trained and our offices offer modern technology and conveniences for the individual or family. At Garner, we take pride in being able to offer our patients care across the state. Complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. Check out our interactive map at LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com or call 601-271-8710 to find one of our five locations in the Jackson Metro area or others across the state and region. Most insurance, Medicaid, and care credit are accepted. So get in and get your mouth healthy at Testimonial. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. Call us on our caller line at tell you what anybody that gets an introduction like that calling for the righty out of the bullpen oh man here's the signal the closer the closer's coming in the station's trevor hoffman (laughs) there it is his great moniker was off speed kills that's exactly right yes sir so we are now joined for the coaches challenge with the judge as we are each week and we welcome in uncle jim and uncle jim before we get rolling here i do want to mention that this week is teacher appreciation week uh and in what has been a very unique year for teachers across this country uh my wife being one of them and um, actually, uh, my mother, uh, in her own right, has been a teacher uh, for many, many years. No longer uh, is, is necessarily teaching at the high school or collegiate level. But I want to, to make sure we say a thank you to all of our teachers. Uh, we appreciate all that you do and uh, certainly uh, appreciate uh, the effort and uh, the challenges that you faced and embarked on. I know here in our state, the majority of our schools have been in school, in person, all year. And uh, we are certainly very, very thankful for each of those teachers, and we do certainly appreciate you. So, having said that, welcome in to the challenge. Coach's Challenge with the Judge. Uncle Jim, how you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, Josh, in response to your statement about teachers, and it goes to uh, life in general, uh, the greatest ability is availability, so I especially want to thank those teachers that have braved the the COVID pandemic and shown up to play the ultimate really important role in molding our children's futures. No question, and you have actually done some of that yourself as you have been a part of uh, uh, Phoenix Country Day for many years now, and, and so you're certainly in that group. You are... Uh, on the air, giving the publicity to these young people and uh, calling games, and uh, so uh, we appreciate you doing that as well. So as we talk hey, about, was, go ahead. I was going to just real briefly. I was going to say that uh, today I heard that uh, a former student that I used to sub for in PE when he was a first grader 
Shakir O'Neal, Shaq's youngest son, yes. signed with Texas Southern today. How about that? Well, and he wants to he wants to propel the the historically black colleges and university. He's encouraging other guys to join him, and so uh, kudos to uh, Shakir, who was quite a handful, and also his dad Shaquille, who is a, you know a tremendous role model in his own right. Wow, that's incredible. You know that's. Interesting, we talked with Rob Jay about Jackson State Athletics uh, earlier in the show, and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, as players decide to go to HBCUs uh, like Shakir O'Neal uh, and others, it's certainly going to bring more and more recognition uh, to the HBCUs, and, and that can do nothing but benefit them uh, as uh, momentum really seems to be on their side. Oh yeah, he's a, a svelte. Uh, he's, he took after his mom. He's a svelte six-seven shooting guard. Okay, coming out of high school. Yep, yep. So uh, now, if I remember correctly, Shaq is about seven-two, <laughs> and I think I've seen pictures where where uh, his his wife is is maybe like five-two, or 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 five. She she's she's on the other end of the uh, of the of the ruler there. True, but of course, if you saw her standing next to Shaq, she could be six foot and look tiny. <laughs> That's true. That is very oh, true. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, so um, we've got the coaches' challenge. Who are you throwing the flag on on this Monday night? Well, you know, I generally respond to things that are in the the current news. You know, and of course, nothing bigger than the NFL draft, which you talked about. Uh, to some degree today, and uh, let me let me preface this by saying I am a, a lover of football from the the youngest uh, up to the professional ranks. Uh, however, I'm speaking from the perspective of these young players with uh, life changing experience in the NFL draft, but uh, there are also uh, consequences and and risks these young men are taking with their very lives and at their health moving forward, and uh, is the playing field level in the NFL? It's kind of like going into a casino, I'm going to equate it to, where you're going to go in and you're going to play a game that you agree to, but you know the odds are stacked in the house's favor. That's basically what the NFL has with their uh, basic monopoly. Is there another pro football league? No. So, you know, I'm kind of equating this to, uh, you know, the goose that laid the golden egg. Uh, and, and the golden egg, and the goose, I guess, would be the NFL draft, and the, uh, the golden eggs are the young players. Now, I have a kind of a little bit of a wise remark regarding the NFL. And you know what the NFL stands for? Tell me. In this case, it stands for not for long. Not for long. Because the average career of an NFL player is 3.3 years. Wow. So if you're drafting a guy, the, the half of them at least are not going to ever see a second contract. You know, I looked up today, Josh, and NFL rookie contract structure, the draft structure, it's all slotted and, and predestined. There's no negotiation now from Correct. draft choices and, and the teams that draft them. Yes. So, for example... Uh, Trey Lance, I looked at uh, in the three spot. His basic minimum salary for rookies this year six hundred sixty thousand. 
plus his signing bonus, which it slotted in the number three spot at $6.6 million. That's spread over four years for the, for the uh, salary cap, and that's what he'll be paid, you know, one-fourth of that, so a million and a half a year, plus his six sixty. So the, the, the Niners have the rights to him for five years. They get a they own the fifth year option. Yeah. So you know the odds are most of those first round choices you say, many of them won't even get a second contract. Right. That's right. Now, why do you think? Obviously, health, injury, uh, has to play a big role in it. But the NBA and the Major League Baseball, NHL. Their contracts are fully guaranteed. Uh, very rarely do you get into situations in any of those leagues where when you see a guy sign a six-year, $100 million deal, that the full $100 million is not guaranteed. Outside of injuries, is, is, there, is there more to the story? And why has the uh, CBA, why has the Players Union not done a better job of addressing this on behalf of these players that have such a, a short shelf life in the NBA? Well, first of all, the structure of the NFL, you know, it's run very tightly, tightly gripped by basically the billionaire boys club. This group of of owners has had an iron grip on the structure of the league for, for a decade since its inception. You know, if you think about it, look at all the families that have owned NFL franchises for decades, the Roonies the Hunts, the uh, Bidwells, the Davis, the Al Davis family, and on, there are a number more. And they have not uh, been forced to give up uh, the, you know, the keys to the control. You know, the NFL was the last major sport to grant free agency. And by, say, grant, they were forced to by an antitrust lawsuit that was filed by Reggie White. Uh, back in the 80s, mm-hmm. and the courts de- determined that, yes, they were uh, violating antitrust law, and therefore NFL in the late 80s finally got free agency. So, they're, you know, they're not going to give up th- this, uh, like the casino, they're not going to give up their advantage unless they're legally forced to. So that could be the case with uh, guaranteed contracts uh, and the like, uh, you know, uh, health liability and consequences yeah. uh, a lot of those things the league has um, all the advantages on absolutely want to remind you jerry brewer is a trusted choice advisor with southern gulf states insurance you can contact jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com don't go anywhere the last segment is coming up and that means it's time for the good call and bad call of the week Come right back with us here upon further review. Welcome back in. Upon further review, I am 
your host, Josh Dorman, and uh, got a text here on the text line uh, talking about my rant with regards to LeBron James. And Texter says, uh, Champy says, I have long been a LeBron apologist, but I am tired of defending him. Give me Kobe. Give me Magic. Heck, give me Kurt Rambis. Just suit, play, and leave the talking to the losers. Bring in the thunder on the text line, Champy. Love to hear it. Uh, we are back uh, for our last segment. want to remind you that uh, if you miss any of the show, you can download the podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search Upon Further Review or my name, Josh Dorman. That's with one O, D-O-R-M-A-N. And uh, we appreciate you downloading those podcasts. When you download it, don't forget to give us a review. Uh, good, bad, or ugly, we'll take them all. Uh, we prefer five-star reviews, but certainly we just appreciate you uh, supporting the show and downloading it, listening to it on the podcast. So we're back now. We just heard the coach's challenge with the judge, and he's back with us as he is every week for the last two segments. And now we've got his good call and bad call of the week. We're going to start with the good call of the week. What you got? Well, hey, you know, first I'm going to go with the good text of the week. I got to I got to throw it out to Champ. Oh yeah. For the five star take, I think his last take was how he liked to judge. So anyway, he's batting a thousand, and uh, <laughs> keep keep him coming, Champ. There you go. The checks in the mail. <laughs> one of these one of these days. <laughs> so that's the good text of the week. Listen, the good call of the week. I was uh, upon further review. You know, I uh, had a couple of options in my early leader out of the gate, so to speak, with the Derby and all, was going to be the, the Phoenix Suns and their uh, moves to add Chris Powell to their roster. Uh, you, you know, initially, I'll be truthful, I wasn't that excited about it. I'd say, here's a six-foot guard in his 15th year and never got over the hump to win the championship and all. But, but let me tell you, I knew 20 games in, that this guy brought all the qualities that you talked about with your successful teams in that book review, Josh. Yeah. He, he checks off all the boxes. The guy's sure. a great leader. He, he uh, does it through, uh, through work, example, by his own work. Uh, he instills discipline and uh, habits in other players, like DeAndre Ayton, for example. Yeah. And uh, has just really uh, made Ayton uh, uh, move him into the next level of players. And it's through his leadership skills. So uh, initially I thought that, but then I said, hey, I'm kind of in the bubble. I'm in Phoenix. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a homer. So I thought a little bit more about the draft. And uh, I came across the, uh, the story about uh, one of the uh, first-round choices. And, you know, when you watch the draft, all the top ten, they're there in the green room, and they're coming out in their threads and everything. Um, a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're on the, run, the style runway and – with all the swag and $5,000 suits. And that's all good. You know, these guys are, you know, young, up-and-coming potential stars, and it's fun. But then you, you hear a story about the All-American from Alabama, Najee Harris, you know. And what does he do for his draft party? He throws a, uh, a pizza party at a homeless shelter that he spent several years growing up in back in California. And uh, he, you know, he bought all the decorations and pizza for the residents and staff, some of whom he lived with and that were there uh, when he was there, and uh, as well as gift bags for everybody. So, you know, what a, what a selfless act. What a, a time 
on one of your biggest days in life, do you think about others mm. and show appreciation? Now, that's the quality I think of a champion and a leader. My call of the week to Najee. Uh, and, you know, you've really shown me your character, my friend. No doubt about it. Big on you, Najee Harris. You are the good call of the week, and we need more of that. Uh, we Absolutely. need more self, self-aware, uh, selfless servant leaders, and certainly big on Najee Harris. All right, what's your bad call of the week? Well, you know, back to the draft, uh, you know, it's going to be hit and miss for all these teams, you know, all the uh, potential. And as you uh, briefly alluded to, the, the failure rate, you know, among NFL uh, first-round draft picks. So, you know, I got to say the big gamble, and I'm going to say it's probably the bad call. Won't be proven for a little while, but it was the 49ers in uh, giving up the farm, trading up to the three spot from the 12 spot. So they traded up nine slots in the draft and they gave up not only the the number 12 draft but also two first round draft picks in the next two years and a third round so they basically made a four for one swap all first and second other than the uh yeah all first and second rounders for uh a one player who you know i think uh trey lance is a is a great uh talent but he's the most unproven talent in the draft. And, uh, you know, just looking at his skill set, he reminds me, other than maybe what will be his uh, decision-making ability and so forth, uh, with Colin Kaepernick. Mm. You know, the, the the runner with the strong arm. I mean, Kaepernick tore the lead up, league up for two years till they, you know, till they put him in a bag and uh, sewed him up. But, uh, so, you know, Lance, I think, is the biggest gamble. And history proves that the teams that trade up like that don't don't win the hand, really. Yeah, yeah. So, bad call of the week. I agree with that. 49ers drafting Trey Lance. Uh, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that uh, in draft capital, they actually it cost them two and a half times more draft capital than Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, certainly that will be something to pay attention to. He joins us every week for the Coaches Challenge. And the good call, bad call. Uncle Jim, we appreciate you joining us as always, and we look forward to talking again next week. Absolutely, and uh, kudos out to Champ. Keep them coming, Champ. (laughs) All right, that's uh, the Coach's Challenge with the judge and the uh, good call and bad call of the week. Uh, Bad call uh, on the number three pick from the 49ers, which we mentioned a little earlier uh, with – uh, Trey Lance and the good call. Hey, I want to reiterate this. Great good call. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tweet this out. We hope you follow us at upon underscore sports. Najee Harris throwing a pizza party uh, at a homeless shelter that he spent some time in, and uh, and and man, just big on him uh, for 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 getting that done. Uh, once again, we're in the Lake Garner uh, Studios, Dental Group Studios. want to remind you that Garner Dental Group is a collection of 18 dental and orthodontic offices, conveniently located across Mississippi. Uh, complimentary whitening for new hygiene patients is available. You can check out their interactive map, LakeGarnerDentalGroup.com, or call 601-271-8710 to find one of their five metro locations or others across the state and region. do also want to remind you that most insurance, Medicare, and care credit are accepted. So get in and get your mouth healthy at Garner Dental. 
Also want to remind you about Jerry Brewer. He's a trusted choice advisor with Southern Gold State's insurance. Contact Jerry at 601-952-3525 or at southerngulfstates.com. We also are thankful for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It is good to be blue. They sponsor our caller and text line, the text line that Champy uh, just sent in uh, his text with regards to his take on LeBron. And we certainly want to encourage all of you uh, when you're listening to uh, give us a call or text us as the time goes on. Next week from 6 to 7, we'll be joined for the first time by Randy Watkins of the Randy Watkins Golf Group uh, for an hour of Tea to Green. We will take your calls, your texts, your tweets, and answer your questions. He will, (laughs) not me, but he will with regards to your golf swing, uh, course management, golf etiquette. Uh, equipment, whatever it is that you would like to discuss related to golf. It's a big topic here in central Mississippi. Uh, Going to leave you with a story. It's the story of the carpenter. And there's a book by John Gordon about the carpenter. Uh, If you haven't noticed, I'm a big John Gordon fan. I would encourage you to read his books as well. But the carpenter story is not just uh, from this book. It's been a story that's been around for a while. It's about an elderly carpenter who was ready to retire told his employer, who was a contract, uh, that he was ready to uh, get out of the house-building business. And uh, he wanted to live a, a, a different life uh, more leisurely, uh, spend, wife, spend time with his wife and, and his family, uh, that he'd missed the paycheck, but the time was right and he was ready to hang up the hammer. Uh, obviously, his boss was a little bit disappointed, as uh, this was a, his best carpenter. Uh, the, the gentleman had been loyal and diligent, uh, worker for many years for the the uh, contractor. He asked him for one last favor. He's asked the carpenter to build just one more house. The carpenter reluctantly said okay, uh, but uh, over time it was easy to see that his heart just wasn't in his work like it had previously been. He resorted to shoddy workmanship and used inferior materials. It was an unfortunate way to end a dedicated career. When he had finished his work, his boss came to him to inspect the house, and instead of saying uh, job well done, this house is for someone else. He handed him the keys to the front door and said, this is your house, my gift to you. Uh, the carpenter was shocked, and it was a shame because if he had only known he was building his own house, he would have done it all so differently. Now he had to live in the home that he had built not so well. So this is the same with us. We're all in the process of building our lives. Do we go about working with diligence, or do we slack and put in uh, slipshod work, put in without effort? Do we work with a passion? Do we care about other people? Do we care about the things that we do with excellence and take pride in our work? What kind of life do you want to build? What do we put into our lives? What do we feed our bodies and what do we feed our minds are all factors that affect the type of life we build. So if you're not happy with your life, maybe it's perhaps a consequence of what you've been building over the years. Your life today is the result of your attitude and choices in the past, and your life tomorrow will be the result of your attitude and choices you make today. I encourage you to build your life wisely. I also encourage you to join us next week for more Upon Further Review from 6 to 8 p.m. here on 106.3 FM, 1400 AM, or WJQSTheFan.com. Have a great week. We'll be back with you next week with more Upon Further Review.